0: Welcome to the Forward 40 podcast, where we highlight the experiences of 40 women of color on the rise in the nonprofit and social enterprise sectors. This is an ode to our foremothers, a healing circle of our unique experiences, and a bridge of insight and wisdom across generations. Forward 40, I am pleased to have our special guest today, Essie Kagale Ajimengilo. We are close friends, colleagues, Uh, we actually went to college with each other, and she is the co-founder of Development. So welcome, Essie, how are you?
1: I'm very well, thank you so much. I'm so excited to be on your segment.
0: (laughs) I am too, girl. Um, so I guess for those that, uh, don't know what development is, can you speak more about how you chose to kind of like take the leap of starting your own nonprofit and also its synergy with entrepreneurship?
1: Absolutely. So i learning that and I found that there was a real issue. So with that being said, I felt like black college students really need to be aware of this problem and have opportunities to circumvent these issues. So that's kind of what led me to entrepreneurship. It It's what led me to becoming an entrepreneur, and it's also what led me to want to spread entrepreneurship to our young uh, black people who are, you know, the future professionals of this world.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. And it also fills the gap for what isn't taught, you know, in the curriculum? Exactly. exactly, exactly. Like, yep. I remember when we were in college, like, we took a management uh, for leadership uh, course, and when we were paying attention in that course, I mean, it was really good. <laughs> <laughs> it was oh really good. God. But I, I remember, like, being very intentional about the report that I wanted to do, and um, I did a re- report on a black woman, actually, that was um, leading efforts at Brown University, and I went all the way out to Brown because I wanted to see well how is she thriving in this you know high highly esteemed institution, and sometimes those institutions are not the the best fit uh, for us, and mm-hmm. or, or even the things that we want to do. Um, right, so. Can you speak more about, like, what your experiences were like in, in the sector, like, before you just started started to, you know, just really do this for yourself?
1: I was blessed enough to be in the nonprofit space basically since I graduated. So when I was able to finally find a job, because I was underemployed for uh, quite some time, in which cases I worked for, you know, juice bars and places that I had worked when I was younger. But when I did finally gain um, gainful employment, (laughs) I was working for uh, first for a startup nonprofit um, in Newark that was focused on, you know, leveraging all the positive advancements that were being made in Newark at the time. And I learned a lot about the nonprofit sector because it was a startup space. However, I also learned that, within the startup space, um, getting, you know, the salary that you need to really survive is not always there. And sometimes uh, startups do take advantage of younger people who are just really enthusiastic about the space, um, who they think don't need to get paid, but you still have your loans as well. Um, I then moved on to a more corporate nonprofit space, uh, where I was essentially the only black person on my team and the youngest as well. So that was really interesting for me because I had never been in that space. I mean, I I was used to being the minority, but this was like an extreme version of that. So it was interesting to have to represent so many things um, in a space that is reaching so many people. Again, I learned a lot and I learned more in terms of, how the nonprofit space works in a more effective way. Because when you're in a startup, you see how crazy it can be. But um, the next place that I worked is a really well-oiled machine. And I feel like I was able to take a lot of what I learned there and apply it to my own nonprofit now.
0: I would be remiss if I don't mention that you are co-founder with your husband. Yes. And you're also a fairly new mom. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. Yeah. So it's that that also comes with another layer of, well, I don't know if I can do this. Mm-hmm. And you mm-hmm. are a living testament that one can.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. It's the scariest thing. Um, you know, when you are so entrenched in your work, you know, day in and day out. And then you find out that you're expecting. For me, not doing my work was never an option. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was more of, how is this all going to work? Like, really, in real time? I think that was always my biggest concern. Um, It's important to me to be fully present in everything that I do. Mm -hmm. And so being a parent, obviously, is something I've never been. Um, So I'm thinking my God, how can I be there for all the young people that I serve through my organization? Because I'm very much present in all of their lives. How can I be there? Um, How can I be present within the operations of my organization? And how can I also be present for my child? Mm -hmm. But I told myself how I approach things often, especially when they scare me, is to just jump right in, Mm -hmm. you know? So from the day that she was born, um, she's only six months old. Uh, she she's born on December 9th. From the day that she was born, I just told myself I'm going to keep moving um, as if she's always been here and as if this work has always been here and it's always lived together. And that's what I've done. I never, I just never allowed myself to sink into worrying about it too much. And thus far, it's worked really well. You know, case in point being, we just got through the first week of orientation for our summer program Thank you. Thank you. And, um, you know, I I was supposed to have my aunt watch her, but my uncle's really sick. And I said, you know what, let me just bring her. You know, when I was pregnant, I said, Hey, this kid is going to be on my back or my front (laughs) or whatever. And, you know, you get cold feet. So you start looking for alternatives. Mm -hmm. And, um, but when my aunt said she couldn't do it anymore, you know, at the last minute, I said, you know what, I think it's time for me to, Really, it's one thing to say it, but let me be about what I said. And Mm. I just, I just went ahead and I let her, I let her be part of it. And it it was wonderful. You know, it was wonderful.
0: So that was like true. It takes a village in its realest form, you know, that you were able to coordinate efforts for her to just be present with you. Um, Yep. Yep for orientation, and talk to me more. I mean, people tend to use that phrase very loosely, like it takes a village to raise a child. But um, I know that the concept of village and the lived experience of village is something that's very personal uh, to you. Mm. So can you speak more about that?
1: Absolutely. Um, you know, and it's funny because when you hear that it takes a village to raise a child, um, it can be taken very literally. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a lot of ways that that can exercise itself. I know for Peter, he always makes jokes because the way we live is almost like, we've always said if we didn't have all these things going on, all these things that we are passionate about, we'd probably be living in the village somewhere, just kind of eating, cooking, raising our kids, farming. Um, So we really try to create that environment for ourselves Mm -hmm. at all times. Mm -hmm. Um, That's one of the reasons we love being entrepreneurs, because when we are home and we're not around people, we're really just spending time with each other. As far as the village, um, in terms of the people involved, um, you know, it's just people say, oh, you're so lucky your mom's around. And I'm like, yeah, I am, you Mm -hmm. know, because being able to call upon her and say, hey, mom or just even uh, during orientation, just being able, thinking, oh, God, these kids are going to judge us. Like, it's unprofessional for this child to be here. And I go to the bathroom, I leave her with Peter, and I come back, and one of the kids, you know, is playing with her. And um, Mm -hmm. then I, you know, I turn around, and my dad does some of the lectures during orientation, and he's in the front answering questions, holding her. And um, you just start to realize that children are such a blessing um that if you look at them in any other way you're really missing the point and people embrace them wherever they are because guess what we're they're supposed to be there like we were all babies once so uh we can't hide them you know so yeah it does take a village uh everyone loves children they bring so much they really do come with their blessings you know
0: and then, like for this week to be, this is the third cohort, right? Yes, yes. Wow, wow, wow. So, mm-hmm. can you just speak to like the journey to even get to a third cohort of consult entrepreneurs? And for those that don't know, uh, the consult entrepreneurs are the students, the college students who are consulting for small businesses. Uh, within the portfolio of partnerships that development has cultivated. Absolutely. Um, How to
1: get to the third year and the journey of that, I don't even know where to begin. I'm still wrapping my head around it because uh, Peter and I were eating dinner yesterday and we were like, wow, we really got through the third orientation. It's mind blowing. The process is tedious. There's so many moving parts. Um, As Imani mentioned, you know, we have the students consult for small businesses, but they also build their own business concepts. They also participate in seminars, um, which feature our original curriculum. And they also are blessed to hear from professors from the diaspora and black entrepreneurs who are just doing their thing. So think about all those sets of people Mm -hmm. that we have to coordinate. You know, you're talking about upwards of like 50 different people that interact with this program simultaneously. During orientation alone, we have, you know, we speak with them. We have professors come in. We have, we Skype people in from around the country, around the world. Uh, We also walk students through so much of when it comes to entrepreneurship, more specifically, from the Black experience perspective. So, you know, we talk about ancient African entrepreneurship. We talk about um, things like Black Wall Street. We get them to understand how being entrepreneurial is very much a part of the Black experience. Um, But we're not taught that. So uh, our program really fills that gap so that students go on to understand that not just that entrepreneurship is important, but that entrepreneurship is, is part of who they are. It's mm-hmm. nothing new, you know. So um, getting to the third cohort has been a journey, you know, because every year you want to be better. Every year you want the students to have a better experience. You want them to get it even more. Mm-hmm. And we worked really, really hard. And I would have to say that it does feel like our bo- our best um, cohort yet. Mm-hmm. Not, not in terms of oh, the students are better or this. The students are always wonderful and we love all of them equally. But this is the first time we're able to really actualize all aspects of the program mm. that we conceptualize when we started thinking about it like five years ago. So yeah, its it's been a journey. We also have our first office space. So that's, that's been right. really, yes, that's <laughs> been really interesting. Um, juggling, getting that together. And carrying out orientation and the program at the same time. So uh, I would just say it's one of those things where you just take day by day mm-hmm. and you you keep checking everything off the list and you make sure you put your the people that you serve first at all times, no matter how overwhelmed you get. Um, so, yeah, that's where we are.
0: You know, that's, it's interesting that you said, you know, put the people that you serve first because um, – Sometimes people see the space of, uh, entrepreneurship as one of, well, I don't want to answer to no, to one, you know, one boss. I just uh-huh. wanna go off and do my own thing. And they fail to realize that in entrepreneurship, everybody's your boss. It's not just, everybody's <laughs> your boss. Not just one person. Um, Everybody's your boss. You know, you spoke to just even like the people that touch the program in various ways. Like those are all people that you're serving towards the mission and the vision of the organization. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean we
1: I mean, just to let you know how real it is, I'm sitting in the car in front of one of our diff clients. Diff clients are the small black owned businesses that we work with that we place students within so that they can get that consulting experience. We drove all the way here to Brooklyn from New Jersey so that we could formally introduce one of our consult entrepreneurs to their diff client, you know, and it's the little things that count. You know, of course we could say, hey, this is where they are, figure it out. Mm-hmm. But being able to hand off that student uh, in person and and really have that human experience, those are the little things that make people trust you and make people say, I really like this program. So, um, yeah, like you said, everyone is your boss because you want everyone to be happy. Um, and everyone should be happy, right? Yes. <laughs> so you want everyone to be happy and therefore they are your boss and everyone likes different things. So it's your job to figure out what everyone likes. Um, and but just making sure do... that you're staying
0: focused on the mission at hand.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. That's the real challenge at all times. How do you stay true to that mission and give people what they want at the same time? Mm-hmm. Sometimes you have to you know, redirect a bit, like, mm-hmm. okay, I can, I can do that, but I can't do all of that mm-hmm. because <laughs> I also, I also have a mission, you correct, know? correct, So yeah, absolutely. But it, it's a beautiful thing. I think people need to understand that the people you serve are what make your business successful, mm-hmm. you know, nonprofit, for profit, it's all business. And it's all about customer service Mm -hmm, you know -hmm. no matter what you call them you can call them clients you can call them target group but they're all your
0: customers Mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. yeah and then you're outside of Brooklyn Tea right now and for those that are not uh, from New York or even if you are you should definitely go uh, check it out so Brooklyn Tea is co-owned by a couple um, Yes. yes they are both HBCU alums Uh, And we had the opportunity to do a panel a couple of months ago on Afropreneurship there. Exactly. And like, I, I recall like during the time that, you know, we did the panel, you mentioned that faith has gotten you through and still gets you through. So can you speak more to, to that for those that were not able to be a part of that event and to just gauge what you mean by when you say, well, faith, you know, got you through to, to this point? Absolutely. Um, I
1: think people really underestimate the importance of faith. You know, it was funny during the panel. I know it was as if, you know, people wanted to hear something else. You know, mm-hmm. okay, but what else gets you through? But what else gets you through? That's what gets me through. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, when you have, when you create something, you always say you want it to be successful, right? Yeah. But you don't really mean that. Because you don't even know what success truly means. Mm -hmm. Success means this thing is going to turn into something you could have never imagined. Mm -hmm. Okay? Mm -hmm. And you need to be prepared for that at every minute. One minute, somebody may say, Hey, I need you to do this. I need you to sign this. Oh, this happened. This person wants to talk to you now. Oh, you got this. All of a sudden, you wake up and every door you ever were banging on is being opened. And you start saying, Oh my God, how am I going to do all of this? Oh my God, is this feasible? Oh my God, I'm only one person. (laughs) And (laughs) talk (laughs) about it. Yeah. (laughs) And you know what? When you have moments like that, I mean, it was surreal yesterday. I was standing, sitting in front of these kids. I haven't slept in two weeks. Um, Educating them, I'm sitting at the end of a a boardroom table and I'm asking myself, can I do this? Mm -hmm. You know, know, these kids are relying on me and I'm delirious right now. Mm -hmm. And you say to yourself, you know what? It's not for me to figure out. Mm -hmm. There's a higher power that said, This is for you. This is what you're supposed to be doing. And let me just trust in that, you know, and that voice, that inner belief Mm -hmm. is what gets me through. I can't, I can't trust myself because I'm only human. I get scared. I get, Mm -hmm. I get worried. I'm, I'm fragile, but you know, having that belief in a higher power is what allows me to believe I can do things that look crazy. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, like, how am I going to do this podcast? go to Brooklyn Tea. (laughs) go to my aunt's house, send out all these emails all in one day. You know, I don't rely on myself to answer that question. I just say, God, take the wheel. And I just do it, you know. So um, faith is, you know, it literally is not what you see. It's it's just, you just have to believe, you know. And every day I believe that God would not have given me this assignment If I couldn't do it, Mm -hmm. you know, and so I have to tell myself that every single day so that I can be effective and so that I can literally every day I go to sleep and I'm like, I don't know how I did that. (laughs) I don't know how I did that. And but you know what the beauty in that is that you very quickly stop assigning your accomplishments to yourself. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think that's for those of you who do believe in God, that's where God wants us to be because it's not about you. Um, It's not about you. It's It's about whatever purpose you're supposed to be carrying out. And so when you can look in the mirror and say, I don't know how I did that. God is clapping his hands. He's like, yeah, that's because I did it
0: through you. Exactly. exactly. So, so get out the way and let me do what I need to do. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Keep being a vessel. Keep being a vessel. Exactly. And I, <laughs> I, I know, I, you know, I even have my days when um, it took me some time to put myself in check. Like, wait a second, Imani, your mother named you Imani for a reason. Yeah. By accident, you need to really walk in this. You, you yeah. need to be faith at, at all times. Yeah. And yep. those things that um you envision and that you, you you just keep seeing over and over and over, it's for a reason. Mm-hmm. It is really for mm-hmm. a an reason and it's it's only a matter of time. Um and it should be deliberate time that, that you're making and you're setting aside to really assess what that thing is and how to actually propel that forward.
1: Yep. Yep. Exactly. Exactly.
0: Now you you mentioned um like for the students, that this is entrepreneurship. It is a part of who they are. Um, it it's, it's in their DNA. Yes, <laughs> um, yes. And it, it it tends to be somewhat trendy. Um, and like, okay, well, I want to be an entrepreneur, or we're you know investing in these entrepreneurs, or maybe for a specific focus area like when people hear entrepreneur sometimes they're thinking that it is like within one particular sector or Uh one lane and can you just speak to kind of like ideas or kind of like the scope of what entrepreneurs and envision for for their work
1: absolutely um it runs the gamut you know so we definitely we we encourage them to go in any direction they want, but we always um, we always make it mandatory for them to think about how that business is going to impact some element of the global black community. So even if it is a for profit, we encourage them to have some a social good aspect you know mm-hmm. we don't say that they all have to be social entrepreneurs per se but there should be some philanthropic aspect of their work that gives back to the community that they represent mm-hmm. but just to give you an example of some of the business concepts that they're working on one student this year wants to create a media company that um highlights black unification uh, black beauty and just other positive things going on in the community, and also that grapples with some aspect of the criminal justice issues that our community is affected by. Mm-hmm. He already has a photography company and a podcast, so he really wants to um, put those under the umbrella of a larger media company, and it kind of include some journalism there as well. So his... Um, business concept will definitely be for profit, but there's a very deep social impact underlying theme already. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, then we have someone who wants to do something as straightforward as a a boutique for black girly, girly girls, you know, Mm -hmm. so you walk in and you feel, you know, you feel like you just entered a very luxurious space. Mm -hmm. However, she is from the Bahamas and she's really passionate about what's happening with the oceans there and the Mm -hmm. coral reefs. So she wants to do something, some foundational arm that addresses the issue of what's happening to, uh, the sea life there. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and because tourism is such a big component of how that country gets their money. Um, so then you have students in the past who want to start a clothing line, but that only maybe employs, people of color or mm. black people more specifically. So um, it really runs the gamut. We had a, a young lady last year from Harvard who wanted to start a nonprofit that focused on helping nonprofits get the service providers that they need uh, through the art sector. Mm. So kind of connecting nonprofits like ourselves with uh, artists who wanna say, maybe I wanna do your graphic design or I wanna design your next event. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll do it um, through this girl's organization, which will find the funding so that I can get paid. Um, but now you're also going to get that service that you really need that you can't afford because you're a nonprofit that doesn't have a you know large capacity. Yeah. So everything from nonprofit sector to you know the fashion industry, um, you name it. you know their ideas
0: really really run a gamut. And that's that's the beauty of it. That that's truly the the beauty that it's like multi-purpose, multi-sector. But you know, at at the heart of it, there is this community aspect and um, this this give back uh, component of it. Now, ten years from now, uh, I'm going to challenge you. Development Mm -hmm. is doing fill in the blank. Ten years from
1: now, development is a household name. Okay. It is the largest Black-led nonprofit. Um, that is international. Mm -hmm. Um, Every Black college student has heard of it, Mm -hmm. wants to be part of it, has been part of it Mm -hmm. in some type of way. Either they have attended one of our workshops, they've seen us give a talk, they have participated in their program, their sister participated in their program, their best friend participated in the program. Mm -hmm. So that is what we hope for. Uh, We want our... Consultant Entrepreneurship Program to be available throughout the country in key um, states uh, and major cities and around the world, uh, we want to expand so that this thing can be more of our, our, our Consultant Entrepreneurship Program could be even more of a study abroad program as well. So Mm -hmm. yes, you, you learn about entrepreneurship from a black perspective. Yes, you hear from these black entrepreneurs, but now you can do it in Ghana, Mm -hmm. you know, Uh, you know, so I'm from California, but I want to go to Ghana this summer and do the entrepreneurship. Why
0: not? So that's Mm -hmm. our goal. That is beautiful. That is beautiful. And this upcoming week, we have Juneteenth that is approaching. Um, And that is, independence and freedom that is very unique to those of African descent uh and I'm so pleased that we're able to like make the connection with you know like this platform what you're doing being very rooted in cultural relevance um and this I mean from from the students from the curriculum from the sponsors that you have like being very very intentional Um, as best as, as you can be for, for those that want to get involved, um, how would they begin to learn more or what are the options for them to get involved and support development?
1: Absolutely. So, you know, you would go to www.diffvelopment.org. That's D I as in India, F F as in Frank, V E L. O p m e n t dot org, and you can literally click on get involved. Uh, we have some volunteer opportunities. We we have we have a gala. We have um, our closing ceremony and a lot of work that we're trying to do that we need as much support as we can get because mm-hmm. the organization is growing. Um, and oftentimes the monetary support doesn't grow at the same speed that the that organization grows, we're definitely getting there, but we definitely could use administrative support, uh, you know, marketing support, all different types of support. So if you would go to our website and go to get involved, you can literally fill out a form and tell us what area of volunteership you'd love to get involved in. If you want to get involved in one of our programs, you know, you could be a speaker. If you're an entrepreneur, you can, um, advise one of our students, Um, So there are a lot of opportunities to get involved in those ways. You can also, of course, just donate. Um, We have a donate button on our page and just drop us a line if you have questions. If you're um, an aspiring entrepreneur or an active entrepreneur and you want to learn more about how you can expand your brand or whatever, we're always happy to help. So check out our website. You know, all of our contact information is there. Get in touch with us and we'd love to connect. And just to speak to Juneteenth as well, it just, as you were talking about it, it really inspired me to say, entrepreneurship is freedom. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's something that our kids learn very quickly. Um, If you, as with everything, it's a tool, you know, not everyone's good at it, but if you do it right and you have the right heart, um, entrepreneurship can free you in so many ways. And um, Jeff Glass, an entrepreneur, Um, an author, he has a definition where he says that, I I can't remember the full definition, but basically entrepreneurship, it it, it frees yourself while freeing others. Absolutely. You know, so I just want everyone to walk away with that.
0: Thank you. And it's, I mean, wealth and not just financial wealth. Wealth is, you know, um, it's not being in that bondage of your mind, of, debt uh because yeah. you know development is addressing underemployment and yeah. you know yeah. the, the lack of uh employment it, it truly is a, a space of liberation and freedom and yes it does come with time yeah um and it definitely needs resources whether the, mm-hmm. that's human capital um social capital financial capital like let's be real um Entrepreneurs of color more broadly, and then also Black entrepreneurs uh, do not have the same access points for financial capital to actually leverage uh, their their vision and their ideas. Exactly. So I yep. I'm gonna put a plug in as a vice chair uh, on the board for the organization for those that um, are really wanting to support financially as well to to definitely give um, no. Amount of giving is too small. Uh, and we de- definitely welcome large, <laughs> you know, like fi- financial in- investments as well, because it's not just investing in the organization. It is also investing in the um, the vision and the opportunity for the students and also for that 10 year vision that we have uh, that yes. this is, you know, this is global. Yes. So, Essie, you know that I like to close each episode with... A tea affirmation mm-hmm. um, so what and and I, I know that you are, you're a gender tea girl, right? Yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what would be your tea affirmation for our listeners?,
1: mm. um I would say, don't waste time. Mm. Um, the time is always now. Mm. the time is always now. You know, if you're passionate about something, we're all passionate about something. Figure it out and do it. Figure it out and do it.
0: Activate and don't waste time. Yeah. Beautiful. And, and for those that don't know, there's 86,400 seconds. <laughs> you know, like they, like, there is time uh, that yes. we literally need to maximize um, each day each Mm -hmm. the clock is ticking so Essie I am so pleased to have had you as a guest I'm so pleased to know you as a colleague as a sister uh, a friend and I truly truly look forward to the work and the doors that are going to open for you for this organization and for your village
1: thank you so much Imani this is wonderful I love what you're doing um it is already blessed. I can't wait to see where it goes and I can't wait to be on this again. <laughs>
0: Wonderful. Well thank you, darling. Go sip some ginger tea at Brooklyn tea. <laughs> I will. <laughs> All right. Have a great day. <laughs> you too. Bye. Bye. Until we connect again, sip sis, say la share, and continue to serve.